Hi, welcome to the Urban Lifestyle Report, and I'm your host, Carolyn Morris Walker. I'm Carolyn Morris Walker, the host of the Urban Lifestyle Report podcast, My Legacy Project, that is a platform to exemplify Blacknificence and Black excellence. This episode is rather significant because on Friday, May 7th, 2021, my dearly beloved father, Sylvester Willesley Morris, suddenly but peacefully and beautifully passed away at his home. He transitioned at the age of 91 years old and just three weeks before his 92nd Earth Strong Day, which would have been May 28th. Last year, in the height of the COVID pandemic, April of 2020, my father had an accident at home. He fell down and fractured his neck and was rushed to hospital. To be honest, I really thought he wasn't going to survive this injury he has sustained. But miraculously, he only spent one night at the hospital and I was there to take him home. Him built TUFF, T-U-F-F. He was in a neck brace for 12 weeks, and during this time, I decided to sit with him so he could share with me the story of his life. I had an urgency to have this conversation or these conversations with my dad to learn more about him. These conversations took place on May 10th, May 23rd, and June 13th of 2020. As we sat and spoke, I was intrigued to learn about his struggles, challenges, and triumphs. I learned he had an adventurous heart and a spirit that compelled him to leave his homeland of Jamaica in 1948, and this would change his life and his future generations that would come forever. This episode, In My Father's Voice, is a tribute to him. My father is the first man I have ever loved. When I came into this world, took my first breath, and opened my eyes, he was there. I've spent 21,900 days with him. That's 60 years. And now I must navigate my life without his physical presence, but his spirit lives within me and I know he is always with me. 
I hope you will feel his vibrant, kind, and charismatic personality that made friends, family, and complete strangers gravitate to him. I love you, Daddy. May 10th, 2020, Conversation. Welcome to the Urban Lifestyle Report. I'm your host, Carolyn Morris Walker. Today, we have a very special episode. As you know, that Urban Lifestyle Report is my legacy project, and it is a platform to exemplify Blacknificence and Black excellence in our community. Today is a very special episode, as I said before, because I am having conversation with my father, Sylvester Morris. Let's begin. Mr. Sylvester Morris, how are you? I'm fine, thank you, dear. Very good, very good. Uh, And I'm having this conversation with you because, you know, we often sit and talk and you tell me really great stories about your life. So I decided I'd like to capture that, capture your life in conversation. Where were you born, Mr. Sylvester Morris? I was born in Jamaica. Where in Jamaica? St. James. St. James. Summerton District. And what were your parents' names? My father was Alfred, and my mother was uh, was Florence. And how many brothers and sisters do you have? Please take your time a little bit. Take your time. Hang on a second. Uh, Desi, pass my hearing aid for me, please. Yes, we're going to talk here now. Yes, so how many brothers and sisters did you have? Um, there was 11 of us in the family. Six boys and five girls. And where were you in your 11 people in your family? I am family? the fourth one for my parents. Okay. I had um, two, two sisters, a brother before me. My oldest brother was Renford. And um, my sister's sis, two older sisters than I have. So I am the fourth child. Lovely. So give me, tell me, how old were you when you um, left Jamaica and you went to England? Um, I went to England when I was 22. And how did you get to England? Tell the story on how you got to England. My life in Jamaica. Things weren't so lovely. And um, we always want to go to see, we are seamen. When I said a seaman, there was um, a group of us young men. We used to want to work on ship. And um, I get involved with some people who work at the, the wharves. And I get to know some, so many different people going back and forth. So I was free to go in and out of the wharves where the ship comes in. And where was the wharfs? In Kingston. And how did you get to live in Kingston if you were born in St. James? My parents removed from St. James to Kingston. And um, they both work. St. James Montego Bay? Yes, St. James. Saint, no, St. James is Summerton District. What is the Montego Bay? Uh-huh. So... I'm sorry, you said and both your parents worked? Both my parents. And what did your what did your parents do? My mom, she works in to a, a factory where they make soda, like 
orange juice and all like that. We call it pop. <coughs> yes. And my father, he was a, a port worker. And um, and we, we were going to school, but in the meantime, on my time off, I used to run up and down, play cricket for Boys Town and all those things. And I stored away. You stowed away? Yeah, I stowed away. I At 22 years old, you stowed away yes. on a ship? Yes. But my life is such a long story. That's a we We have time. We can do it in chapters. We can yes. do it how you want to do it. It is, it is so, so much a long, long story. And um, first... I wasn't in England first. I didn't went to England first. I went to the United States of America first. My first leaving, when I le first time I left Jamaica, I was 19 years old to be exact, when I go to America. Where in America? In Baltimore, Maryland. Oh. I was living in a place named Fairfield. That is many, many years ago. And um, I stowed away. There was two of us. There was another guy. His name was Gutupi. I think now he is still in the United States of America, if he's still alive. Because right now I'm 91. <laughs> you are a fabulous 91, <laughs> yes? I'm 91 right now. And we lose contact the first time we both of us story on a ship named Saprodan, a Dutch boat. Used to carry cold, cold, the C-O-A-L. Cold, yeah. To burn an engine. That's what used to use in the in train and all those things to pull cargo. And uh, I showed away on one of those ships, me and Gutupi. And um, we went to Newport News, Virginia, and this cargo ship. Leaving from Newport News, from Jamaica to Newport News, Virginia. From Newport News, Virginia, we, first of all, we went to Baltimore, Maryland. We went to Baltimore and we leave from Baltimore to Norfolk, Virginia. And um, while well, we was in Norfolk, Virginia, the ship removed. And um, we used to do so much things aboard the vessel. Like my, what? My story is so complicated. The things we do, because we were on the ship, we come in like we were able-bodied guys. We would have to work for our food. And the guys, we become one of the shipmates. <laughs> because we were in this vessel for a long time, Sapperdon. 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 That's and the name of a Dutch boat. Dutch boat. And how long were you on the Sapperdon when you stay a long time? How long? About three months. Wow. About three months. We don't know where we were going. We just so, go from... So this was from Kingston, right. Jamaica. Yes. Stowed so, away on this Dutch boat what, called Sapadon, but you didn't know where it was going where to. Where it was going. was going. And then you ended up in Baltimore, uh, Maryland. We ended up in Baltimore. Okay. 
Yeah. You said you were 19. Yes. So what year would that have been? Do you remember? Oh, I can't even go back. Take, uh, subtract 2019 from this age here. I need to <laughs> okay. tell you what I am now. I, all right. It's no, it's no worries. It's all subtract good. Subtract that 10 years final trouble that I was. Anyway, I went there. Even I went to, we went from Newport News, Virginia, from Baltimore, Newport News, Virginia. We talked with the, the, the shipmates, we call them our mates, the people who work on the ship. They were, we were shipmates. So when we go to different ports, we talk. And they would bring things, buy a shirt or pants or whatever, and they would bring us something back aboard the vessel. But we couldn't go to shore because we were quarantined on the ship. Oh. So we were talking, and we were talking to some guys. I can't remember what other country they come from because a long, long time. And they were telling us that um, now, we are in Newport News, Virginia. No, we are in Newport News, Virginia. And when we leave from Newport News, Virginia, we have known. I want to get it perfect. You don't need to be perfect. I want to try and make it right. We were going to, yeah, we were in Norfolk, Virginia. And we were leaving Norfolk, Virginia to Newport News, Virginia. When we were in Norfolk, Virginia, we were in jail. <laughs> the two of us, I and the other guy, we were in jail. What were you in jail for? Because we shouldn't be on a ship. Oh, it's because you were stowaways? We were stowaways. We were in jail. When the ship was leaving the port, it took us back aboard the ship and said they were going to New from. They were going to Newport News, Virginia. And when they leave Newport News, Virginia, they will be going back close to home. When I says close to home, that is close to Jamaica. We, they don't directly know what port they were going. But it could be Barbados or it could be somewhere else. We, we talk, it was so complicated, you know. Yeah. So what the ship they do? If the captain had leave us enough of the jail, they would have to pay the United States government some money to keep us. So what they did, they took us back aboard the ship from the jail. So when they get to the next port, which probably be Barbados, Barbados is close to Jamaica, they would send us from Barbados back to Jamaica. That was the, the guys you know, who go port. We, we, we talk, mm -hmm. and they tell us, because we talk with them. We were just humble, we were talking, we were human. Mm -hmm. We asked questions, and they talked to us, because they were young men, young men like ourselves, you know. Because we have so much to think about, so much we think. So much question we ask, right? So, okay. During this time, the ship came from Baltimore, Maryland, to Newport News, Virginia, right? Uh -huh. 
Well, the ship was in Baltimore, Maryland, and met a guy, a cargo worker. I would work on his ship, named Louis Van Landingham. Those names can never come out of my head. And we talk, and Louis, Louis, his name is Louis, but we call him Louis. And he said to me, that's in Baltimore. If you should get off, you could come back. We'll take care of you. So I'm a young guy, and these guys seen us as youths, as can, you know. And he wrote everything, his address and everything, and give it to me. We could talk to people. We never shuttle or anything like that. So, Shipley from Baltimore, from Newport News, Virginia. And that is when we were questioned into a question. And they said to her, they were telling us that I, like the guy who was talking to me, I said, I cannot tell you directly which port the ship is going to when it leaves from here. But when it leaves, the next port from here, you guys will be going home, <laughs> right? right? So it's going to leave the Monday morning early. So the Sunday night, we were aboard the vessel. It's a long time ago I'm talking about. And um, during the days, we free to move aboard the ship. We come in like shipmates, like we were like we were working on the ship. But that night they lock us up. I was working in the engine room because I'm a welder. That's what my trade school, that's what I was doing in school, welding. Right? So during the days we were but night they lock us up. In the morning they let us know like we are prisoners. <laughs> okay. During this time, my movement down the engine room, I get saw blades, they're called steel weight. I says, okay, me and go to P, we, we plan it. So the ship going to leave. We leave Sunday night, just Monday morning. So we have to come off Sunday night. Sunday evening, to Bodegana Street, I proud up and down. But that time I got my saw blade and everything. And the lock, we could saw and cut the, cut the, the link and the chain at the stand there. So, so you guys did a jailbreak? So, so we know what a jailbreak. <laughs> <laughs> we did a jailbreak. This is Newport News, Virginia, the Sunday night. Anyway. We get off. When we're coming off the ship, the ship watchman, you have to come down the gangway. There's a watchman there. When we get off, we have to have a long walk to go through the gate to get to the street. Some guys would tell them I'd jump overboard. We never. We were coming off the ship like we were workers. We were mates. And we're going for a, a Sunday walk. When I am good to pick up after go to pee, we're not gonna run. 
But we're clean. We're nice. We're clean. We're clean. We have clean categorizing bias things. So you could get together and looking good. You, you know, like one of them? Mm -hmm. And we work, come down the gangway. The gangway watchman, master of the gangway, is a ladder that's lead alongside the ship where you walk down and come off the vessel. When you're coming off the vessel, the watchman So you guys going for a walk. We said, oh yeah, nice and gentle. Keep talking, Daddy. Yes. We get down off of the ship and walk on the road. Then come on to the, to the gate. The watchman at the wharf gate says, You guys going for a sunny walk? We said, Yes. When high on this guy went out in the street, meet a group of people, church people, a Sunday evening. Black people. I say Newport News, Virginia. We don't know where we're going again. Anyway, we started to talk to these people here. Why talking to these people? We said to the guides, um, we want to know where the black neighborhood was. That we in Newport News, Virginia now. And the guides, them talked to us. These people were talking to us, church guys. So we were telling them, we lied to them. What? You lied to them? Yes. <laughs> that we couldn't tell them that we were runaways. Right. So we want to know where the best neighborhood that was in a, a different place. We said we were from Fortanatica place, but it's in the States. I am good to pee. That is what we told these people. We meet, we don't know them. So they says to us, um, Take the Newsome Park bus. And the Newsome Park bus goes to the terminus. The terminus is where black people live in that area. Newsome Park. Okay. All right. We take the bus. The bus, the Newsome Park bus come and we see the bus mark. The sign says Newsome Park. And this is where me and Gotopi parted. Up to this day. So you parted? Parted right here. Both shook hands together. I says, okay, you're on your own. I'm on your own. Take care. Right? That's where we parted. You go one way, I go one way. Well, that's on the evening, take the bus, and when I get off, go to Pico one east, I go west. I says, okay. I took a bus. I don't know which bus, but I took a Newsome Park bus. And get somewhere, I come off the bus. I saw three people. Two guys and a girl. These two, these two guys, they were Americans, real Americans. And a girl. And um, I, come, I approached them. I fib to them, and I said, I fib, I lied to them. I said to the two guys, to them, that um, I'm a stranger here. I said, I must stay alone. My ship leaves me. I don't have nobody here. One of the guys says, oh, I'm in the Navy. So I'll put you up, because my ship may leave me somewhere. 
I need somebody to help me. This is the Newport News now. This is the three people that started me. One of the guy was in the name. She said, okay, you can stay with me because I'm gonna leave for a month. She said, okay. okay. I said, okay. Then I started my film to Louis in Baltimore. <laughs> my family is in Baltimore. <laughs> and then I was there for one week, two weeks. And going through the newspaper one day, I saw in the newspaper where the two guys, two guys from aboard the Dutch boat, Sapodan, is still here, hasn't been found. Oh, they were looking for you. Yes. <laughs> and I hide the paper. I take it out the piece that was there. And they, these guys go to work, you know. Even I came home, then the guys came home from work, I was talking with them. And I'm telling them that, look, uh, Yes, I told me, I can buy your jeans. I can, you can stay here and, and look at job. I said, yeah, no, I have to go to Baltimore, go to my family, right? Anyway, we talked, when these two guys talked, because they leave me at their home. Evening time we eat and we talk, you, you, you know, as natural young guys. Mm -hmm. They were genuine, they were real. I said to them, I have to go to Baltimore, man. I said, okay, Friday we send you to Baltimore. Well, Friday evening comes up. I said, okay, we have to take the gray on bus from Newport News to Baltimore. Midnight, about eight hours drive, long drive. Saturday, Night, Sunday morning, we reach Baltimore. Um, yeah, sub bus station. Reach Baltimore. I don't know where I'm going again. But what I know, the ship that I was on, Safferdan, was docked in Baltimore. And it was a, a dry dock. That much I know, because I talk with them, yeah, you know. So, and this is when you were in Virginia now and you want to get back to Baltimore? Baltimore. Okay. I'm on my way to Baltimore now. But I saw we're just still looking for us. Right. So I'm leaving Virginia oh. to Baltimore. Okay. I'm okay. going to back to Louis. Okay. Louis the family, that's I don't know. Guys the one says if we get off, I can come back. He'll put us put me up. Okay, okay, got you. All right. All right. It's okay. Sunday morning, I reached Friday, Saturday night. They put me on the bus to Baltimore. May 23rd, 2020. Conversation. Welcome back to the Urban Lifestyle Report with Carolyn Morris Walker. I'm your host. This is my legacy project platform to exemplify blacknificence and black excellence and this is very special episode that I'm doing with my father Sylvester Morris and I'm 
hoping that you will enjoy the story of my dad's life. Uh, he's 91 years old, coming up May 28th, 2020. And he has a beautiful story to tell about him moving from Jamaica to America to England and eventually ending up here in Toronto, Canada. So without further ado, we're going to chat with Mr. Sylvester Morris. So Mr. Morris, Daddy, how are you doing? Oh, I'm fine. Thank you. Dear. You're good. You're good. And yes. yes, I'm good. I'm good. I'm here. Very Sorry. good. And the last time we spoke, we left off where you had stowed away on a Dutch ship, yes. coal ship, boat, boat. a coal boat, mm -hmm. and what was the name of the boat again? The Saperdun. The Saperdun, and it was a Dutch coal boat, yes. and you and your friend Gutepi, yes. you, you stowed away, you ended up in Baltimore, you ended up escaping off of the Saperdun, you ended up being in Baltimore, but eventually you went to... Cuba? No, no. Norfolk. Norfolk, Virginia. Norfolk, Virginia. And then that's where we left off, where you're in Norfolk, Virginia, and you're staying with this fella from the Navy, and you decide, you read in the paper that you're the, they're looking for you in Gutepi. Yes. And you have decided that you're going to go back to Baltimore. Yes. Let's begin. So you decide to go back to Baltimore. So tell us the story about that. What was that about? Well, um, right there, just now, you make an error. Okay. You, you make an error just now, because I never leave from Norfolk, Virginia, to Baltimore. I leave from Newport News, Virginia, to Baltimore. Because for the main reason, our ship, the ship Sabredon that I was on, when it leaves Baltimore, it went to Norfolk, Virginia, first of all. It went to Norfolk, Virginia. That's where in Norfolk, Virginia I was in jail for a couple of time. When I says I was in jail for a couple of time, not more than two to three days. Because when the ship finished unloading its cargo, it leaves that port to another port. So the ship was traveling from one port to another port in the United States of America, which the first port was Newport, New, was Norfolk, Virginia. From Norfolk, Virginia to Baltimore, Maryland. From Baltimore, Maryland to Newport News, Virginia. Okay. So it was in a circle because it have cargo to discharge in these areas. Now, during this time, High and Gutupi was on this vessel. We were like prisoners <laughs> aboard the vessel at water and the sea. We were free because there was no way to run. Right. Because there's water all around you. Well, being on the ship, with a different set of people, nations, different people from different countries, because this ship have different nations. Some of them, we, were, we all didn't speak the same language. But we did understand 
There was people who speak English from different country that was on the vessel. There was people who didn't speak English that was also on the vessel. They were working. So but it was a multicultural so mix of all uh, kinds uh, of people from various countries. Th that's right. Working on this coal ship called the Sapadon out of, um, it was a Dutch ship. A, a Dutch. Okay. Where is it? It was a Dutch ship. It was a Dutch horn. Dutch so it owned. flies a Dutch flag okay. to show the nationality. Gotcha. So we can look up at a ship coming up the harbor, which is a signal that all vessels, even the aeroplane that flies there, there's a certain signs on the plane that if your eyesight is good that you can see you can know what nationality plane it is. But let's get back to you. <laughs> okay. Going from how you went back to Baltimore yes. because oh, you saw yes. that you read in the paper this they were looking for you in Sapadon. Let's get back to yes. that story. Okay. So, when we went back, so when I went back, we was in Newport, New Virginia. And um, I meet these two guys, two brothers and his girl, the Sunday night, and we get off the ship. We were talking with some of the guys who work aboard the vessel, that when the ship leave from Newport News, Virginia, they're going to send us home, back to Jamaica, <laughs> because we don't, they don't know what port, what country it was going to, but it will be going closer to Jamaica. So we says, okay, we decide. Me and Gutubi decide, say, well, all right. The ship had to leave Monday morning. Today is Sunday, so we have to come off at the vessel. Was it Newport News, Virginia? Get off at the vessel the Sunday night. Came out on the street. There was a group of people coming from church. Well, he says, howdy, as usual. And everybody was talking, so we wanted to know where is it, a neighbor, a colored neighborhood. And they told us to use, take the Newsome Park bus. So take the Newsome Park bus, and the bus went to the terminus, and we all get out, and you can see where the people were coming off. That means the vessel going to turn back from there. Well, we were on a run, we were there. We get off, and that's where High and Gutupi parted. That's where we parted. He go east, I go west. Upon this day, I don't see Gutupi, but I know, I don't know if he's still alive now, but the last time I hear, a few years ago, he was alive, doing fairly good in Texas. Anyway. Guys who I met in Newport News, Virginia, I approached, there was three persons, three people, two guys and, and a girl, and I, as a stranger, I was talk. I talked to them, I tell them that I'm a stranger, and I don't have anywhere to stay, and my vessel leave me. 
That means I was lying to them. <laughs> but I'm looking for somebody to put me up. One of the guy that was there to the girl, well, said, I'm in the United States Navy, and my ship may leave me, so you can stay with me. So I decided to stay with a guy. First time I met her. Do you but, remember the guy's name? Do you remember his name? And not quite, not quite. Go back. I'll try and go back into that. And um, he says, okay. While I was there, he took me home and says, all right, this is our, our dig. <laughs> where we stayed. Was there for about six days. And um, according to one of their newspaper, I saw in the newspaper where the two guys from the boat suffered. They're still... I didn't find nobody, I haven't seen them. So they're looking for you? That's what they're looking for us. By the way, I saw, I disguised the feet. And I says to the guy when they came home from work the evening, I says, um, things is getting bad. And I got my family in Baltimore. And I want to go back to Baltimore. And First of all, you guys are strangers. We talk. We were young guys, but we we were sensitive. Anyway, the guy says, "Okay, you want to go to Baltimore?" I said, "Yes." He says, "I say, I say, I got address at family." Said, okay, he says, "Okay, we'll send you back to Baltimore." Now I'm going back to Baltimore to meet a guy named Louis Van Landingham. One of the first port that the ship went into. But I had an argument. I talked with somebody. And the first that I talked with said, if I get off the ship, I can come back to them. And it was this Lewis? And this was Lewis. Okay. So, he was there for the weekend. And Saturday night, Two brothers and the girl that I was with, they put me on the Greyhound bus from Newport News, Virginia, to Baltimore. Reached Baltimore Sunday morning. Lots of people, busy place, a bunch of police, and I talked to the police, and we had an argument. I said, I'm talking to him. He said, I'm going to Baltimore. I'm here. I said, I'm from Jamaica, and I pay cricket for Boystown. And I'm here, and I want to get such and such a place. And the police told me which bus to take. Well, I didn't take the bus, but I take the streetcar. While I was on the streetcar, People coming hand and half. The driver and the streetcar notified me, noticed me on the boat and on the streetcar. So it's like everybody just coming off. Like the streetcar went to the terminus. Everybody come off. 
and the driver says to me, you're taking an early ride. That's when everybody come off. I tell him yes. So I'm talking to myself. I said, he's noticing me. So why? So when I come on, look, I was on the streetcar for a while. Right. It's early morning. I don't have nowhere to walk and go just. And the streetcar was warm. <laughs> Anyway. What time of year was this? Do you remember? Was it summer? Was it spring? Summertime, summertime, summertime. I came off at Baltimore Street. Street I'll never forget. And when I came off the streetcar at the bus stop, there was three guys, three guys, sailors, and they were talking. I understand some of the words, but they were talking about. I'm telling myself, they mentioned the name Baltimore. Name Baltimore. I said, my vessel was at Baltimore. So I tell myself, so I had a bus they take. I'm going to take the bus. I was there and the bus came and they took the bus. With the information as I get to Louis. Says the bus that came here to Baltimore from out of town, like all buses here. The shipyard is right out there. That's the end of the sta of the station. So when it come here, it turned in bulk. Making this wrong. Not much I understand. So I came off I took the same bus with the guys there. I came off with them. And just as how I was talking to Louis aboard the ship when we were there, I came off with them and so I could see the Maryland right there. The sign. The road, you said just come up the road, it was one main road. <laughs> like if you drive, you're going at the sea. <laughs> so I come off the bus, everybody. They go their way. I walk up the road. When I go up the road, there was a restaurant. Just like how the guy told me. It was their business. I saw the morning. I walk in the restaurant. There was young guys. Shoe shine man. They were around nine-ish. And everybody, young people, Duke box, the piccolo, we used to call it then. But I point the music. Shoe shine and I dance and everything. I was a bit happy to it that. I was good dancing then. So I, yeah, I sit at the counter. I bought a root beer. A slice of half a pie. And I had it. Ines, which was Louis's wife. The guy who I talked about the ship, not knowing at the time who she was. She comes in a big piece. And I'm noticing everybody. So yeah. this is a black neighborhood and yeah. this is a black owned business restaurant mm -hmm. that Louis Vander Vander 
Louis Vander Vandingham. Vandingham. Yeah. This is his own business. So this is his parents' business. Okay, but still a black family. A owned. black family owned. And we're looking at about maybe nineteen thirty, maybe nineteen forty-five ish around them times when you. No, were uh, that was nineteen forty-nine. Nineteen forty-nine. Okay, great. Keep talking. I'm just trying to get some context. So All right. 19, so that was nineteen forty-nine. Nineteen forty-nine. So you're in the restaurant. You notice Lewis's wife comes in. Okay, keep going. Oh dear, and uh, I like slice half a pie and a root beer. A vehicle drove drive in to a big place, and somebody comes in through the back at the building, big big building, you know. And a guy walk in. This guy was Louis. <laughs> and during the service, he comes in. His wife, that knowing that is his wife, she said something to him because they know you're a foreigner. <laughs> Believe me, they know you're a foreigner. If you, when you travel and go to a different country, and some of them were born in the country, and live in the country, and you walk in that place, they know you're a foreigner. How? I do not know. But they know. They know. Believe me, believe me. I experienced that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, that, that I experienced. And um, well, I come down behind the counter, got out there, coming up, I said, I think I know you. I said, aboard the ship? He says, come. Uh -huh. <laughs> I get the back, your quarters, because it's your business. When they're back part and they will sit out and we talk. I said, This is our business place. I'm not living here. We live up in Cherry Hill. But I work at the docks. When I leave here, I'm going home. Talk a bit louder. I'm going home when I leave here. Home is Cherry Hill. Posh area, that. Posh area. Went home with him. Hillside Avenue, phone number, Curtis, C-U-R-T-I-S, O-0-3-1. That's the phone number? That's the, <laughs> that's the phone number. You know what I'm saying? I'm hearing you. Curtis? Yes, but you have to spell the word Curtis. Okay. You have to spell the word Curtis on the phone. Dial in the numbers there, and when you do that, you do zero three one, okay. and you get to the connection. Okay. That was dead. <laughs> that don't I can forget. I cannot forget. So I was there. Start to move up and down, meeting people. Young guys. Are you working at this point though? What are you no, doing? No, not working. Not working, but I'm helping out. Okay. I'm working and I'm not working. I'm helping out. Okay. Because I started and now we... means I'm living long last for one and living long last family. Gotcha. Right? So anyway, what's there? Meeting the guys that are around the place. 
that they used to them Friday night dance, Saturday night dance, hip hop dance. I sell now, and I get the money. What are you selling? You know the restaurant. Okay. I'm working in the restaurant. I okay. get up, I clean, I help, I clean up, and uh, meeting some of the guys. And I need to do something. I need to get out. Then I meet Nathaniel. Not Nathaniel. Nathaniel. Louis Van Landingham and Louis Van Landingham, that is the two sons. And I meet Nathaniel Van the ship. Right? Alright. Well, I meet some guys out there where we talk. Young guys. I was used to I used to dance then. I used to run up and down on a weekend time. So anyway, them like a school just student. And I says, okay, summer coming up and the school time. So everybody going out to work. We have, we have to go to work for holiday. So I says, okay, what are you going to do? Summer work, summer job. I said, you need papers. You don't have no papers. You can't get no work. Okay. Social insurance, you need everything. <clears throat> well, I have to be talking with them and I have to be conning them. <laughs> and I'm there. Well, that guy's, it's okay. I can take you where you get your social insurance. Okay, when you want to go, this one. That place down there, take on people for summer. <laughs> We're guys talking to guys. I'm there, but I'm talking. So, that's there. Get all these things sorted out. Go there. Go to the, put my social insurance, which I fib on. <laughs> I fib, and I really didn't fib. Because I get an application form and I fill an application form and I turn in an application form. Mm -hmm. I think I didn't know I was born in Baltimore, but all these things I fib in there. Oh, the things we do. Keep talking, keep I talking. I turn them in. About three weeks after I fill it in, I get to it. And whose address did you use? Bingham. Not the Bingham, Van Landingham. Okay. That's where I was staying with. Up in Cherry Hill. In, in Cherry Hill. Great. Posh, posh area, that's what they know. They were questioning. And uh, here's that address. Everything come in a mail. Everything come in a mail. So I got that the social insurance. The social insurance now, if you're going to look a job, like your health card here, uh -huh. You must have it. If you don't have it, now what? Now I'm flying. Right? Right away. Time comes. Monday morning, we're going to look work. We went. And they said to us, to the guys who I was with, Coley, a couple of them, said, all right, we're going to the fertilized plant. God, they would fly young guys, student, in other words. So I went there and I went, 
I got waiting for you. And it says, the people, the guys who I was with, they says to me, um, listen, when you go there, this guy gonna ask you if you ever worked here before. Tell him yes. I'm just gonna tell you, go pick a number up in the rock. Holy for card number. That's why I use the number 302 most of the time. I, never done. I still use that number. I still use that number, 302. That's the number I pick out the rock. I took it back to the guy. The guy signed me up, and my number was 302. That means I was employed. At a fertilizer plant. At a fertilized plant. All right. I was there. Meeting guys, people could be my father, Ray Ray, Ray Ray, going out, getting to meet people. The guy says, I'm looking a better job. I got all the papers, I need to look my job now. All the fertilizer was flat, was not nice. It wasn't a good job? It wasn't that nice. So anyway, I was there. How long did you stay at the plant for the last uh, plant? A good while. Stay with them a good while, but uh, meeting people. A good while meaning what? A year, six months? No, would you about, be? Um, about nine months. Nine months. About nine months. Anyway, I said, okay. Meet a guy. I started to go to the bar and have a one drink now and meet different people. I meet a guy. I need to work for the general electric. Refugee and electric. And we had talk. And I said, My company is employed. Travel work with General Electric. General Electric? General Electric. Okay, good. And the way. Went there. No, not General Electric. I went to Shepherd Pratt Hospital. I leave the fertilized flag to Shepherd Pratt Hospital in Towson, Maryland. That was my second job. And uh, I lived there. I went there. I went to Shepherd Pratt Hospital as a porter. Living. This is where I leave. My, the people as Lois. The Van Landingham. This is where I, I split from the Van Landingham. Okay. I leave them, work to the hospital, Shepherd Pratt Hospital in Towson. And you got your own living quarters L there? I live in. Okay, it's yes. a living. Yes. And uh, I was there. I'm meeting people. I'm going around. I'm going around. So while I was there, I meet this guy from General Electric. And we're talking. I'm a welder, professionally I'm a welder. And uh, I was talking to him. And he said, they employ people at my company, you know. You know, you meet people and you talk with people. Mm -hmm. And I'm still, I want looking better. And he tell me where to come. General Electric, Lexington Building, Baltimore Street, reached there. Meet a little short white man, yeah, Mr. William. And I tell him, 
Looking the job, I got telling them to employ welder and then employ fireman. Fireman is a body ship where you have to stroke coal in the engine, then you should use coal to help run the ship, mm-hmm. not just gas alone. And tell me, I'm looking at the job. Just got to have a welder. What can I work on you doing? I said, right now I'm not working, but previously I'm leaving the ship. I remember Sir Williams talk, and I talk, and I talk. And he said, Sir Williams says, right now we are not employing nobody, anybody whatsoever. But he would talk, well, I was interested to him. He was asking the question, and I was giving him answers. And the answers as I was giving him, he was interested. So he was writing. Okay. Talking and talking, and he says to me, Maybe a three-quarter hour. And he says to me, um, Jamaica is a country I always want to go. But whenever time it comes around to my holiday time, I always go sick. So I laugh. I said, you're not supposed to go there, sir. <laughs> and the word, sir, always. And then, sir. I <laughs> will Anyway, Mr. Williams says to me, um, right now, I'm not employed. We are not employed. You're not hiring anybody. Eh? Right now, they're not hiring anyone. Yes, but, uh, that's what they've said. But he took my address, my phone number, for his opportunity. I don't know what employee he had. Uh, what position they were going to give me? But it had to be a welder or a fireman. <laughs> but he took my name. Anyway, he shook hands. He said, you'll hear from me. He took my phone number. I didn't give them the place Shepherd Pratt Hospital where I'm working. When I went for this job, I was working, you know. Yeah. I was working. Not that I was working. I was working. But I went, I have time off. You, you, you understand? And you wanted to get a better job. Job, yes. I give them Cherry Hill phone number. Right, right, right. About six, seven weeks, I was at Shepherd Pratt. I live in there. But any connection, you have to connect from Cherry Hill to me at Shepherd Pratt Hospital, Towson. Maryland, and um, was there the one morning on Ward 10, West Ward, Ward, West Ward 1, was there, phone ring, telephone, and um, the call was from me, for me, Ed Nurse, Mrs. Morris, God bless her soul, she called me, she said, it's important. Do I have to leave from West One? Leave from that building to that building. So I just couldn't just leave. When that head nurse called me, I would tell them that the head nurse wants me. Right. So they knew that I want me on my ward. <laughs> right? I went over. And uh, there's a call from home. There's a call from home. 
that is from Cherry Hill. The call from home was from Gas Company. You follow what I'm you following me? Yeah, so the uh, Englishman, Mr. Pratt, uh, uh, the Englishman called Cherry Hill to let you know about a job. A water job. At General Electric. At General Electric. I got you. It's all clear. Uh, it's right. clear. We so understand. Anyway. It's going good. Yeah. Good, yeah. And I went and I called Malu. And Malu said, there's a call here from... General Electric from one Mr. Williams. You want to talk with you? And she gave me the number of a call. And Mr. Williams was right at the phone. I thought, and that doesn't even know that I'm working. Right. <laughs> anyway, he right. says to me, I think there's a vacant there. So I'm talking. A meter reading. Meter reading. Meter reading. Position. Meter, you said the meter, you want yeah. to walk up with your meter? Yeah, we understand that, meter reader. Yeah. Are you interested? Okay, if that's what it is, I, I'll have it. Because it says maybe along the line you may get, there's a possibility you'll get your welding job. <laughs> but you just have to get in the door. Once you're in the door, yes. you can then get, it. That's it. get that's the it. job you want. Yeah. It says, okay. And I says to him right now, Mr. Williams, I'm working, sir. And um, I just can't leave them like that. And Mr. Williams says, what do you want? A month or a week? I said, Mr. Williams, let me go over and talk to my head nurse because she's a very nice lady. She's a very nice lady. I mean, I don't talk. He says, okay, you go back and you call me and tell me when you can. Start the job. Start the job. As a meter reader? Yes. Okay, cool. I went back. Anyway, I went back. I was just bored. This white woman, she hugged me. And she says, Prius. She says, You don't even know how many of our young men would love to get in this company. So I want you to go there and make the best of it. Because not that many people were able to get into that in general that electric company. in that company, company. And, and you got not in, yet. and the head nurse was very pleased for you. Fine, yes. So I went there, and uh, she said, um, tell, call back Mr. Williams right now on this phone, and tell him if it's possible, you can start now. <laughs> Laugh. <laughs> and, uh, well, Two weeks time. So you gave them two weeks notice? Yes. So I went back at work to General Electric, going different places now. When I went back to Mr. Williams the Monday morning, when I call him and he says, report here at 8 o'clock Monday morning at the head office, Baltimore Street, went it. Went. And I went there the Monday morning. He gave me an envelope. Five dollars. Five dollars? Five dollars. Five U.S. dollars? Yes. It's from her dress. Mm-hmm. That I'm supposed to go. First, I have to go and have some picture take. You need identity. Well, you need to have your ID, right? ID. You can't go in and out the company without. You have to show these things. 
Well, I went in, and I get it, and I go to Fabius, go to police station, have my photograph taken, little one, just like what we have, elephant in it, so. Right. And stamp, take from there, come to the doctor, <laughs> have a medical, find a doctor, I went to the, another company, but I get a pass. It's a part of your ID. I forget the name of them call it. <laughs> but those, these two things work together. And when I went back to the office the evening, I had 10 cents. <laughs> the, the $5 was with for bus fare? The bus fare. Okay, got ya. I was at bus fare and I got the job. And so I started from Antonon Electric. I was there. I'm getting to know people. I still visit Shepherd Pratt's Fitter. What um, about the people up in Cherry Hill? I'm still around them. Okay. I'm still around them. They're I'm my family. They are my family. Any connection, you get to them, you get to me. Then I get my time off, that's where I go. The weekends I go to the restaurant and I help them out. Do you remember the name of the restaurant? Pardon? Do you remember the name of the it's restaurant? It's a Pete's restaurant. The what? Pete. Pete. Pete's restaurant. Pete's restaurant. Pete's restaurant. <laughs> that's the only one there. I don't know if there's another one. Well, that's the only one. <laughs> Pete's restaurant. Uh, so that, that, that was about it. And how long did you stay at General Electric for? Yes. I I was there for, I went back home 1953. Back home where? To Jamaica. So 1953 you went back to Jamaica? Back to Jamaica. So like 1949? I started uh, in that company in 1949. I know I went back home 53. (laughs) I know I went back home 100%. I know I went back home. Why did you go back to Jamaica? Why did I go back to Jamaica? Now, I was involved. Involved meaning what? With a lady, with a girl named Caroline (laughs) Knox. Oh, you're going to call out names? I might have to edit that out. Caroline Knox, yes? Yes. I was involved with her. You mean she was your girl? That was my girl. And we were supposed to get married. So I was trying to do things right. So I was talking to my big The person I was staying with, Van Landingham. We were talking, we were talking. And um, I think you should do this. I was taking some of their advice. And she said, you should go into the immigration. And I explained it to them. You have a good chance. Let it just stay here. Right, because you had done everything under the screeching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I take her advice and I went in to the immigration. I meet an immigration officer near MacArthur. Their names cannot leave. MacArthur, immigration officer. I went in. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. 
how I come in the country. The name of the ship. The flag starts to ship flies. When I tell you, yes, sir, after telling that, to identify the nationality of the boat. It was a Dutch sufferer. Now you've gone into immigration to say, hey, I, I want to. I'm do, applied. I, I want to apply. For my visa. For your visa. And then you're telling them all of the story yes, of how you got US into president. How did you get into the country? Oh, I get into the country. Okay. Yeah, when I tell him, he must be the name of the ship. I tell him. Mark me. Country, that's the vessel posed. The Mavitan. The name of the ship, the fort that it went to, the Mavitan record there and went to a place in Suriname, a Dutch country. Yeah. Panamaribo, just across the ferry, just across the water. Like we never across the waters, across the, the island. That's where the vessel went. From there. So what happened when you told the uh, immigration officer all of this? What happened after you give him all of the information? He said, I went back to work. So you went back to work? I went back to work. Then he says to me, you will hear from us. I went back to work. Anyway, I was living with Caroline Knox. Live in Cockersville, Maryland. Haddersville? Cockersville. Cockersville, Maryland. And uh, get a letter to report to the immigration. How long did that take? About nine months after. Nine months? About nine okay. Months. It could be longer, it could be shorter, or whatever. And I should have my um, my luggage, my suitcase. You follow what I'm saying? Yeah. Anyway, they sent transportation for me. They sent transportation for me, and I leave from Baltimore to New York. Leave from New York. Got immigration. Train. So they said they were sending you back. Back. All right. But you will be back. He said, you have to leave, but you will be back. Okay. Now when I went to New York, think I'll be going back home tomorrow or a day after, or three days. I was on Ellis Island for three months. Oh no. <laughs> Working in the library, making a small money, but I'm still in New York. Ellis Island. Ellis Island. Then, wow. One day, well, I was in the library. Some immigration officer comes in, and I was talking to them, and I told them what happened. I said, I don't think I would be here now. 
Right, because Ellis Island is where all the immigrants used to come through when they were initially coming into America, in, especially into that New York area. Right. They'd go through Ellis Island. Uh, yeah. So they're sending you back, yes, but they send you through Baltimore, New York, you end up in Ellis Island, uh, and you're there for three months. Three months. Wow. Keep talking. Anyway. Came back home. Probably not. Came back home being what? Jamaica? Jamaica. Okay. Sent back to Jamaica. And how did you leave Ellis Island? Did they... They fly me back home. They fly. That's what I want to get. They flew me back. The immigration okay. sent me back home. Okay. That's what I want to get clear. You didn't the do any kind of jailbreak. No. None of that no, stuff. No. no. <laughs> you got... The, they put you the on a plane. sent me back home. All right. Very good. Travel off in Montego Bay. At a hotel, the Ethel Arts Hotel in Mobay. Small little hotel at a little hill. That is where I said, I was talking, say, I'm eating Indian. The guy from Jamaica, which people out there a while ago, if you remember that. And how much money them have. And him sleep in the same hotel. Jamaica, Jamaica Cooley. <laughs> Uh -huh. And um, I was in Jamaica now, one month, two months, three months, four months, not now. I find myself take off. And yeah. how old were you when you returned back to Jamaica then? Because um, you were 19 when you got on the Separadon initially. So how old are you when you go back about to... About 22. About 22. Okay, good. About 22. Anyway, that was there. I went on to... Cuba, run away again. <laughs> run away again in San Diego, Cuba, Batista time. How was that? I didn't like it, so I come back to Jamaica. What didn't you like about it? Language barrier. Language barrier. Like it. I come back to Jamaica. How long did you stay in Cuba for? Oh, about Nine or eight months. Oh, so you were there for a while? I went around. I meet friends. <laughs> okay, so, all right. So you, you go to Cuba, you come back to Jamaica. I'm in Jamaica. And then I come back home. And after good times. Came back to Jamaica. And I started getting involved with the politics. August Bernard. Who? Miss Bernard. August Bernard. Okay. It's a common name in Jamaica where the PNP party begins. Um, going up, but she used to the lodge where the ship that comes in, she had to contract with the uh, washing. Mm -hmm. And I used to stay around her, so I used to I get a pass to go hand and off with different ships. Because you're helping this woman, Aggie Bernard? Yes, Agnes. Agnes, okay, Agnes Bernard, because she's part of the PNP yeah, party. Not you, but I'm, like I'm working with her. Okay, you're working and with her? And when the ship comes in, okay. I got the pass, and I pick up her laundry, and I bring it. I have somebody with me, uh -huh. at Vico or whatever, and take it on them, clean them. I carry them back. When the ship comes in port, dirt, lots of dirty laundry. Right. 
It's business. It's money to be made. Uh, it's money to be made. So huh? I get involved with her. So the the wharf people them know me. Got out to go in and out. So I had a pass. After showing the pass for a while, after a while, I don't have to show the pass. Because they know you. They know. Mm-hmm. And getting involved with some of the guys for the waterfront. Guys are here five pounds a guy in England. If you can't get them for a ship. <laughs> Me have an access way of getting them for the ship. Because if you give them my pass, I have a show it. Nobody not school that easy. You can't go board the ship. You can't get to you and you go board the ship from the company, you probably hide your partnership. <laughs> We're gonna stop there. We're gonna stop there. June thirteenth, twenty twenty. Conversation. Carolyn Morris walking here with my father, Sylvester Morris, continuing his story of his life. Last left off where dad is returned, returned rather to Jamaica via Ellis Island. And he's now returned back to Jamaica around November, December of 1953. So, Mr. Morris, daddy, you get back to Jamaica. What are you doing? Do you have a job? What are you doing when you get back from Jamaica? And well, I, was, I went back home. It's my home. Yeah, but what so you... I was free to walk. So you walk street? You know work? No, I work for Lanaman's Confectionery. Lanaman's? Yes. Confectionaries. Yes. And what did you do? Maybe candies. And what did you do for Lanaman's Confectionaries? I was a machine operator where you boil the sugar to make the candy. Like a... Like a furnace, a furnace operator. And and you, bo you, you boil the sugar and you have to throw it out as a candy maker. Oh, how nice. My daddy was a candy maker. Aww. And was that the first job you got when you got back from Ellis Island? Yes. So you landed on your feet when you got there? Yes, because I know people. You know people. So yeah. what people did you know that got you hooked up on this job? Well, First, when I was going to school, during my holiday from school, a group of us, four, five, six of us as boys, used to go fishing every morning. And we had a place that make spice. Orange, you know they use the orange skin. Okay. And make spice. A French-Canadian man named Williams. He, he gave me, as a matter of fact, he gave me my first job in Jamaica. Do you know I his first name, Daddy? Pardon? Mr. Williams? Do you... Williams. That name I won't forget. Do you remember his first name, Daddy? No. But he was a French... Everybody, nine out of ten, we call these people by that name, like Mr. Williams, we don't go further back. Right, you don't call them by their first name. No, no. So formality, Mr. Williams. Formality. Yes. And he was a French Canadian. He was a French Canadian. Okay, keep going, Daddy. And um, I leave him, and I went. No, 
Yes, Mr. Williams saw me on Harbour Street. We are right up and down. We're free. I wasn't doing nothing. And at an insurance office at Duke Street, Harbour Street and Hanover Street, there was an insurance company there. Rapid, a wholesale place was there. A wholesale place was there named Rapid Vulcanizing. And I was within that area that morning. Mr. William was going by and he stopped at the insurance office and he saw me. He knows me because I was working with him. And he wanted to know what I was doing. <laughs> so I told him. You told him um, you just got back uh, from uh, Jamaica? Uh, I mean, from the uh, States? Yes. I said, I'm not doing nothing, Mr. William. He said, you need work? I said, yes, sir. And he gave me a letter. He take me into the insurance office and he sit down with us because people knows him. And he wrote me a little note, <laughs> a letter, or what you want to call it. And he tell me to go to Scohin. It's another candy factory. Okay. Down Darling Street and Marcus Garvey Avenue. I take the letter there and the Scoring family employ me because I was working with Lanamans before. So I had experience of the candy making. So I was there and on my evening off I get involved in the politics. When I still get involved in the politics, I move around people who involved in politics, like the People's National Party. And <coughs> Do you want some water, Danny? Oh, no, I'm good. Then I meet Miss Bernard, Agnes Bernard, staunch People's National Party member. And I get friendly with those people. When I said friendly, I could be her child, one of her child. But people talk with her. They were good people. And they want to know what party I belong to. I said, I don't belong to no party. But I like the People's National Party. Well, okay. I'm living in Trenchtown. They're living in West, far from me. But I would find myself there because I had a place to stay. And where was that when they In Kingston, right? While I was there, she, when the ship, cargo ship comes in, the cargo ship comes in from different countries, like tourist boat and all these things, she had a contract to do the laundry for the ship. Agnes Burnett. Agnes Bernard. She Bernard. Died Bless her soul. And she would take me aboard the ship. I got a pass for the wharves that I could go in and out. That the, the ship that she washed for, like the Harrison Line, cargo ship, passenger ship, them. whenever the NA comes in, she do laundry. I would go and collect the laundry from her, for her. When the laundry is completed, I would take it back to the ship. 
So I had a pass to go in and out the wall. But can I ask you one question, Daddy? When, when you started working with Agnes, um, Agnes, did you stop working at the candy place? I stopped working. I just wanted to know, right? At the Pamoa now. Okay, got I you. stopped working. That's my hangout area. So I start to go aboard the ship. And I get to know, when I says get to know, different ships are coming in, like tourists aboard, right? The, the Covina, the Biano, Olipa ship, Olipa ship. And these were passenger ships? Tourist boat. Tourist boats. Right. So I get to go aboard these vessels. And by getting to go aboard these vessels, I would meet the captain, or the chief mate, or the boatswain. These are the head of the vessel, right? And I would talk with them. So I'm there. Now, in them time, people used to store away from Jamaica to England, different part of the place, because I am a strawberry myself. Yes. So I have a bit of experience. <laughs> so I was hustling. We were hustling. Never say hustling. A guy, too, I'm on the waterfront now. And guys get to know, say, that man, he was aboard the vessel. Right? And I get to know them. And they get to know me. And they want to make a trip. Certain vessel coming, because we used to do a lot of citrus and banana. We ship banana every two weeks. A different boat would come and take citrus from Jamaica okay. to London, England. Right? And guys used to throw it. So, hi get to know the big guys there who was involved in it. So I see where I could make a money. So I get involved. So what I would do, a guy would come and tell me, uh, say to me, they called me by my pet name, I won't put that there. Uh, what, Japo? Japo. Oh, please. <laughs> yes. That's all out in your business, is all out there already. They yes, Mr. Me, Japo. They yes. called me Japo. I said, you know, you have to pay a fee. I said, how much? So I said, five pounds. Five pounds is only for money back then, isn't it? Yes. And I said, okay. He said, you can't put me upon the next citrus boat. I said, if you give me five pounds, I can't put you upon the boat. But that's all I can do. <laughs> put you on the boat. That's okay job. A job for the car. Okay job. So alright. I start to do that. That's my hustling. So that boat the citrus boat would come every two weeks? Sometimes two weeks, sometimes three months, sometimes different times. Right, but you but had I, access to get on on any one of them. Because of your pass. I had a pass. You had the pass. And then um, you could uh, someone would pay you the five pounds. Yes. And then what? 
I would give him my pass. You have a watchman aboard the ship at the gangway. As long as you have that pass, you can go aboard the ship. Uh -huh. So I would give it to him. And when he go, he just hold it up. And the watchman would see he has a pass. I know he's on the vessel. When I go, I don't have to hold it up because everybody knows me. Everybody know Morris. Everybody, everybody knows me. All right. I'm going to take back my pass from him. And I leave him aboard the vessel. I finish with him now. That you bet. Yes. So he have to find him hideaway spot on the vessel. And how long would the ship be in, in, in port for you? Well, within them times, there's sometimes two days. Two days. That's enough time to find, yeah, yeah. So on the morning, and one here, I put 21 guys on a Dutch boat. Dutch boat. The piano. <laughs> the piano? <laughs> Dutch boat. A Dutch boat. And what kind of boat was it, do you know? A citrus boat. It was also a citrus boat. Very citrus. And what was it called again, Daddy? A piano. Piano. And um, 21 of them I put aboard the vessel. Stowaways. Stowaways. To London, England. And they made it. All of them? All of them. Oh, that's a beautiful story, Dad. All of them, all of them, all of them. And then... Mm -hmm. Keep talking. 1949, I reached England then. So, but wait, wait. One day me and you were in the car and you were telling me about the to the tobacco industry that you're, you're little hustling with the cigarettes, the cartons. Yeah, that's a hustle. But yeah, tell me about this shit. Tell, tell that story. Well, we used to, um, really... I link with the guys on the waterfront and we smuggle because you have a lot of American cigarettes used to come in. Palmal, um, Camel, Chesterfield. And used to come by the cartoon and people down there crave for these cigarettes. What, the Jamaican people? Jamaican people okay, crave for it. So we used to buy, the buy from the ships. The, by the sailor aboard the ship when they come, they sell these things. The navies, all of them. So we used to get by, and I can buy, and sometimes we rob them. <laughs> we, do, we do all sorts of things with them, right? So that was my hustling until one day I decided to go to England. So you were hustling cigarettes. You were hustling people with stowaways on the boat. <laughs> yeah. So you had a little bit of an enterprise going on uh, then. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I, I was with other people who do it, you know. I know. Because I wasn't the head of it, but there was other people who knows me and was involved. Uh, something, something would come to me, and I would say, see that guy. They can do better. I can't put you aboard a ship. Right. That's where I am, beloved. Then it come to me, I decide. 1949? Yes. I decide to go to England. But you said you went back to Jamaica in 1953? Yeah. 
So when did you decide to go to England? Not, no, not 1940. That's it, that That's it. What, what did that, that say? You said 1953 you went back to Jamaica from Ellis Island in November, December. Yes, yes. A 49. No, it could be... That, that are 50, and this is in the 50s. Oh, so it could have 50, 1959. This is in the 50s. I, I went to England 57. Okay, that makes sense. Yes. I went to England 1957. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for correcting me right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, just uh, getting all the timelines yeah, right. Yeah, yes, I went to England in 1957. And then, 1957, I was there. And, and wait, wait, don't skip the story. You went to England in 1957. How did you get to England in 1957? I stole away. Okay, so you stowed away. I stowed away. Do you remember the ship that you That's stowed away in? That's what I'm trying to remember now. That's what I'm trying to remember, the name of the ship. That's what I'm trying to remember. That's all right. Don't worry about it. So in 1957... Yeah, so, so when I that... Oh, don't do that, Daddy. <laughs> you remember, you're, you're good. You've got... You were no, really good, Daddy. Your brain is so good. Okay, so you stowed away in 1957. Yes, to, to London. To London. But I didn't go direct to London. Where did you uh, go? The vessel I stowed away behind went to Belfast, Ireland. Oh, what? During those days, as long as you have all your documents, when it says all your documents, like your passport and all these things that immigration requires, and if you stow away and reach England as a British subject and you have these documents, they have to keep you. Oh, because you were Jamaican? Yes. And Jamaica was a colony of the England? Colonies, yes. Oh, exactly. So, these things I have. I also had a seaman's passport. What was a sea? A sailor. And Work how did... And ship. In and the engine room, I hired a welder. And did you get that in Jamaica or when you, the seaman's passport? How did you get that passport? I get that in Jamaica. While you were doing, picking up yes. the laundry and... Back and forth. I get okay. to know people, captain and all these things. And they sell me what these things you require. So I get through in our ways. So I got my passport. Then I made a couple trips and they handed T. Williams, Captain Reed, some small ships in Jamaica, run from Jamaica, own vessel. Like you'd go to Nassau, Curacao, Venezuela, Nicaragua. Now, wait, wait, so this is while you're working on the dock doing the laundry, you were also getting your seaman's license, yes. you got your seaman's passport, yes. which allowed you, you worked on the shipping, you said you were working as a welder? Uh, my trade, that's what I go to school for, I'm a welder. And, and that allowed you to take these smaller trips on this Annette Williams. Williams, okay, yeah. that's how you were able to go to like... But this is before you stowed away, though. Yes. All right. Nassau, Curacao, and those places. 
Keep going. I go to Nassau. I go to Guatemala. Oh, Guatemala? Yes. I go to Trinidad. I go to Venezuela. I went to a place they called Puerto Cortes. Puerto what? Cortes. And Trinidad, Guyana. And I get fired from Guyana. How do you mean you got fired from Guyana? Because um, I was on the Hannity Williams, uh, down below. I work as a oil welder. And um, we had some hinting problem. And I worked a shift that I wasn't supposed to work. With the agreement from our bosun that the first port we get into it was on the water. I can take the day off. But it so happened that we were coming from Nicaragua going to Guyana. And what was this Anna T. Williams ship? Why were you going to all these different places? What we take cargoes carrying coal and rice. Okay, keep going. Sorry, Daddy. Yep. See? Right. Yeah. And um we came and um we come to Guyana on a Sunday evening. But when we reached Guyana on the Sunday evening, the ship couldn't dock. When I said the ship couldn't dock, it couldn't go alongside the wharf. So you have to go alongside the wharf and then tie it up. That when the tide rises, it don't shift back out from the dock. So we said tie. And but when we was there on a Sunday evening, we said we have to go ashore. <laughs> right? So, guys there with these little small canoe-like, they're hustling. They are Guyanese. So they would come alongside the vessel. So if you want to go sure, they will carry you sure. And if you have to go because you can't swim, I wipe your water, you know. So I went sure the Sunday evening, not me alone. Well, I never went back aboard the vessel the Sunday night. I stayed sure. Monday morning when I went to work, me and the boss would catch up. Because I was rude. <laughs> he says, where are you coming from? I said, well, that had to do with you. And he started to argue. I said, remember, we had an agreement. We had an agreement. The hours that I work, that I shouldn't work. So in the first port you get, you can take the, the time off. That's what I did. I get fired from Guyana. You follow what I'm saying? Okay. The ship was leaving from Guyana to Trinidad. From Trinidad back to Jamaica. So what I did, instead of going from Guyana to Trinidad, they wire Jamaica with me. When I reached Jamaica, the owner, Captain Reed, for the vessel, 
He was at the dock, waiting for me to pay me off. Throw me off, and the ship turned back to Trinidad. Oh, wow. I cried. Oh. So that, that was me. Then I was there now. I sent it right to England. I don't see guys sending back photographs. There was once I sent uh, my other friend, we call him Pool. Pool, well, uh, Pool is another Pool is Jamaica Welsh. And um, sent him an England man. And the man sent back a picture from England with a wearing a black velour suit. Well spiffy, well spiffy. And I did it. I the job. You have to come, you know. Die. A friend never talked to me. I missed something. So remember they said no we're twenty one of them. That's right, so you don't have your link up already, in it? But there have been a whole lot of people in England still, you know. So that's the time I decide to go to England. Okay. And when I reached England, I didn't go there. The, the vessel that I went, had, went to Belfast, Ireland. I slept overnight in a hotel in Belfast the next morning coming out, walking down the street. I don't know where I'm going, but I got money. And I saw this Irish girl with a little boy. I went across the street. I went, they were quite decent girl. And I hold the little boy hand. I said, young man, the world is not nigger, it's Negro. And I get to talk to the girl, which is the boy's mother, and we're talking. And I tell her that I just coming in and I want to get to London and I don't know how to get from here to London. She says, okay, I'll show you how. And she took me to the train station. You know, she took me to the ferry in Belfast. I said, you're going to pay a fare on this ferry and you're going to Liverpool. When you're in Liverpool, you're in London. You're on your own. I can't do nothing for you. And I reached the showman. I buy my ticket. I went to reach Liverpool. The train running from Liverpool to London. I took a train from Liverpool to London. Main station in London is Victoria Park. Still is to this day. Victoria <laughs> still is one of the main train stations. That's where I reach, Victoria. So the buses. So a lot of buses pack up on the road like a bus station, you know. So, eh, eh. So, like a darky was there. 
a darkie? What does that mean? Uh, a black guy. <laughs> Why would you call him a darkie? Was so that we called one another. Okay. Yo, what's up? I want to go where the most Jamaicans are. He said, you're at the right spot. He <laughs> said, go board the bus, man. Then you reach, me put you off. And what bus was that, do you remember? Brixton bus. Brixton bus. Carry me, Geneva. Throw me off at Geneva. And we are in Brixton. I'm in London. Come off. You have a little suitcase, you know. I'm in a boat. Yeah, I wanted to ask you, when you stow away on the boat, do you have a suitcase? Yeah, not a little one. Okay, I'm just wondering. Okay. God put me up says, Why do you have a way for Jamaican man? Is that person that Jamaican is me I talk But he my work. A fan doctor. Funny boss. And he put me up and you know, a brick stunner there. And Walking down the road, a guy named Teddy, named Jeff, we call him the Jeff. He's coming out of a yard, and I'm coming down the road, and him I come out of the yard, and I come down the road, and he could see me when he's crossing the road, on this side of the road. And he turned, he said, Japanese! <laughs> and God knows the truth I'm talking. A Teddy, a somebody me know who know me. From backyard. From backyard. He said, "Yeah, they must have just called me, you know." He said, "Watch you now. I know you're somebody, you know. A new cross we live, and at a distance from everything, and." I can put you up, but I can tell you where the rest of Boys Town by there. <laughs> so I'm going to carry you home. The main reason why I cannot put you up, judge, another judge, cricketer, pull him, top cricketer for Boys Town. He said, pull him come last week, and I'm me, he must stay with. So I can't, I don't put you up. So, Later on, me carry another grove. So I go to Ladbroke Grove. Well, family of them live. And later on, he carry me a Ladbroke Grove. So you went from Brixton to Ladbroke Grove? Uh -huh. And that's no. what. From his home. Did you say New, New, Newcastle? No. <coughs> he live outside the New Cross. New Cross. So you went, okay, so you went from Brixton to, to New, New Cross, Cross, and then from, from New Cross, Cross to, to Lafayette. Okay, got ya. And, uh, I don't know, Gary Turner, Morris, two brothers. I mean, the Morris, him's a Morris, he's a twin relative. Same last name, but not relative? Uh -huh. Okay. Yes, man, you can stay with me. And that's how maybe it Jice, brother, you know Jice. Eh? My mom. Your mom. 
Oh, so that's how you met Uncle Linval? That's how I met. Okay. I didn't know Linval from your heart still. Right, right, right. That's all. But you backed him up again. But that's all. But that's all about me. That's all. Maurice, Liv, and Linval, and my Bingham. Where them live on the same building, 8 Murchison Road. But that was where we lived. That's where I grew up. <laughs> that was our house. That's right. <laughs> Eight, eight Murchison Road. That's where I leave you guys. Come here. Right. We, so move you... back, we move back in that place. It belongs to uh, African, St. Bajo. Right. Maria and the whole of them. That's where everybody did I come from. So when you went then, from you went to Labrador Grove, this is where you stayed. You met Uncle Linval. And that's how you met my mom? Yes. But you didn't know my mom in Jamaica? No. But you knew Uncle Linval, though? Yes. Did you know Aunt Ina? No, I didn't know none of them. You didn't know any of them? I don't know, know Linval. You just know Uncle Linval? Because me and Linval live on the waterfront together. Okay. And then did our voice down too, right? Uh, but we never know them. I guess I meet your mother. So where we was living, when I was... I will move back in there. It's a um, African man who owned the house. There was a hit Manchester Road. Uh -huh. The African man who owned it. And he rented out the basement. You know, I was on the first. Right, floor. but he. I was living there too, you know. That's right. So, but he rented out the basement and the main. Yes. And then there was people who lived uh, over us. Another African. That's set. right. That's, that's right. right. And Aunt Ina was living there as well. Yes. We move on. We move on. Okay. I, I live on the next little road first, too, you know. What little road was that? Uh, yeah. Come on, Mercer River. Um, not Murchison, The next little road. You have a little, two little, uh, you have Murchison, you have Telford, and you have another little one. And so, and you have Warnington, and you have Ladbrook, Portobello, and you have Ladbrook, Brook, okay. and that little one in there. So, right there, so me there, and I'm going to move, come back road, from Murchison Road. But when Telford Road. Telford Road. So when you met Uncle Linval, then you moved into 8 Murchison Road, you moved out to Telford Road, yeah. and then you moved back to Murchison Road. Is that yeah, correct? Yes. Okay, got yes, ya? Yes. So when you born, I was living up there. I was living at Hocklam Road. Oh. Nine Hocklam Road. Down Portobello Road. Below the convent wall, that's all. Uh, right? Auckland Road, the right, that's up on the front. The pharmacy, the right, on the front. The train passed over here, this up, this, right? The first house on 9 Auckland Road, that's where you were, when you were born, that's where we, you and your mother, me and your mother was living. But, okay, but you, you skipped a whole thing there, so you... I move away from up that hill. Right. Come down this hill. Right. And you and my mom moved together? Yes. Okay, that's what I'm trying to get. Yes. Yeah. Me, me, me and your mom moved together. Okay. So, but when did you and mommy get married then? Uh, 
Then we get married we was at Murchison Road. You were at Murchison Road yeah. when you got married? Yes. Do you remember what year? No, sir. I forgot. <laughs> no, sir. I have your wedding album. You know that. Yeah. I have your wedding album. You do? Uh-huh. Of you and my no, mom. No, 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 no. And um, I moved back on Murchison Road. Then um, we used to work for more for lions. Uh huh. More for lions, actually, a hammersmith. What did you do? Lions food first. What at, did you do at lions food? I'm, I'm a smith. Huh? What did you do at lions food? I was operating some sausage <laughs> machine. I had 12 women working with me. 12 women working with me. Because they was packing the sausages. So I was supplied them with the sausage. I was the mixer. And I am there pushing all the buttons. So I did the sausage will be running out on the conveyor. And they down there We'll be picking them off and put them on a plate, put them in a rack, carry it down to the furnace. The guy would spray them, send it through the furnace, and they do what they have to do. Then I leave there and I went back to the ice cream department in Wembley. Lions still, better payment, but somebody me know down there, tell me if I come, the money better, and they employ me, where they make the ice cream, that is in Wembley. Mm -hmm. What did you do at Lions? There? Yeah. I was going to operate the machines, where they make the ice cream, and have people working with me, but when it Boxes them full, them pack them and send them to the freezer. Or if anything drop off, they pick it up. Then I was there and um, I leave. Why? More money. <laughs> I leave. And I went to Wembley Council and they employed me. Dougal maybe still working there. And um, who? A guy named Dougal. <coughs> and what did you do at the Wembley Council? I went there as a janitor. But the money was good to what you were supposed to be doing. Yeah, it was the government, innit? You see. And um, I didn't get the job as a janitor. But they employed me. I meet a, a boss and they employ me and he sent me a Harrow Technical. That is in Harrow. It's still in London. On the Harrow Road. <laughs> the name of the road is Harrow Road. Yeah, yeah. Yes, sir. Harrow Tech. I went there and I went to work on the cricket ground, preparing the cricket field. What was that like? Well, it's like preparing a tennis court. 
But I was riding a little bike thing, a thing where you cut the grass and you spray and you prepare the cricket mat, the pitch for the cricketers. Well, me and Smitty get the one of the boss, the boss, I'm rude. Me and him get tangled one morning. And this is Smitty's, the boss at? For the council, the council. And me and him get off. So I just tell him where to get off. And me leave. We send out at a place I can't tell because I don't remember much about it. I went and I, yeah, I leave. We have my skill. I went and I work for Castan Barber. That is, is in, this is in London with it. From I still live in Ladbrokeworth now, you know. I went and I worked at um, Azen, Pump Lane, Caston Barber. I went there as a laborer, but as from Jamaica, I'm a welder, that's what I go to school for. So when they employed me at Azen, at Caston Barber, the guy says to me, you don't have no vacancy for no welders. We have a labor job. Big plant, whole heap of steel, all kind of work. So I said, I will take it. They employ me, Toomsy. I forget that man I don't. They employ me. Truck bringing in steel. You have to. The steels are graded. You have to know it. Steels by name. Implement and here. Me and a guy named Ridges. St. <laughs> Lucia. Ridges come from. And I was there. And Toomsy. And a white man. And he was your boss uh, at yes. Caston Barber. Yes. He says, he comes out there to me one day. And he, we were talking. He says to me, there's a vacancy in the machine shop. You are a welder. You should be able to do this job. And I asked him what it is. Here, they call it multi-touch burning here in Canada. In England, they call it profiling. It says, give it a try. Now, this is cutting blanks. You see, as for them steel thing, you drive pan on the road and it pop up. Them big tank, they with the covering. The um, truck there, they carry the gas, it's mm -hmm. the big tank. At that, they might be there. But we make some small, small blanks and all like that. And you steel, flat, one inch thick, two inch, three inch. If you find some of them magazine, you'll find me in some of them. <laughs> because people, these people come out, comes around, 
of different places like CNN and all these places and see people who are doing these jobs. And what was your title at this job? Eh? What, what was, what was the title? Profile Burner. P-R-O-F-I-L-E Burner. Here in England. Here they call it multi-touch burning. And um, because sometimes we use three, four cutter for cut when we're cutting. Two inch, three inch thick steel. Right? And um, I was there, Cast and Barber. Cast and Barber. That's when I leave Remley. Then I went, something went wrong. I don't quite remember what went wrong. But I wasn't working. I had a friend named Holland who was doing carpenter work. Don Hatchen in England. Now, the boss down there and these guys, he knows I know about cabinet work. He knows I can fit these doors. So Holland take me to them and them employ me. And then my bill house. Hatchen. This is in London. You didn't like it? Eh? Eh? What did you say? I did it. But they made a bill house for low tenant people. And one day I stand up and they were mix the cement and the thing and a go on and a go on and a go on. And the foreman come tell me, What are you standing there for? What? Shovel the, the cement. I said, That's not what I'm here for. I'm a carpenter. And then fire me. Right? If I go. <coughs> I went to the gas I went from the fire me. I went to the unemployment and they sent me to the gas board in South Hall. They've employed me. I was there. I took a day off and then I went back, you have to have high D to go in. And this guy who was there asked me for my ID. I said, I don't know you. I'm not going to show you my ID. So they said, don't change your clothes. Go home? You got fired? <laughs> <laughs> so you're thirsty? That's okay. Go home. Check the paper. See the job. Advertise at the Mark Lake. Where? Mark Lake. They had a side of Hammersmith. But I was, I was well come because I was good with the overhead presses. Them. I could set them up, I could operate them, I could dismantle them. That I come from Cast and Barber, you know, because I get through this, so they employ me. And I so many leave, I went to another cheap job because I was coming to Canada. But my life story, I've never out of a job unless I want to out of a job. You follow what I'm saying? Yeah. Always of a job. Sometimes they say, why are you leaving that job? I said, better pay me. Up front. So tell me, 
Did you buck up any of the 21 guys that you said? When I reached England? Yes. Yes. They cut me, they turned me to Burton's and cut my first suit. Oh, is that right? Yeah. They took me to Burton's. Burton's was the top tailors in London. Them time. Portobello Road and Ladbroke Grove. <laughs> they took me to Burton's and within three days, so we are going Saturday night. So what was party life eh? like in London in those times? It was good. It was good? It was good. It was good. It was good. Tell me some of the sound systems. Roaring Twenties, bad. <laughs> Roaring Twenties, <laughs> reggae sound? Uh, yes, fine. Steve, I saw the sounds around them. It was good, you, you know? I was with them. That's where I um, went. My he brother? His, his hunger, people, crippled. I got their disc jacket. <laughs> got their disc jacket. Uh-huh. Savage is savage. <laughs> oh, that was the disc jockey name? Savage. Savage? Savage. Wicked. Yes. So, and I'm what worried. kind of music? So what, that, what was the tune then they were licking back then? They got to a savage party. Girl, for me to tell you the tune, them girl, like, hey. <laughs> there was so many different music. There were so many different music, man. But we used to have good times. We used to have good times. But I've never out of a job. Yeah. yeah, because even when I get the job at Hammersmith, oh, I leave Hammersmith, Lion's Food. First one, you know, two of them I work for. You have a foreman, two of 13 women working with. And I have the after the evening shift. And it's like this man wait for me. I have to go and buy a cigarette. A white man, I'm at the boss. But here they're not going. Boris, yes, yes. Go and get me a cigarette. I'm saying, take it for your habit. So one evening, when I'm saying, I go buy him a cigarette, but then if I come back in time, I just go out there and go to the race of the truck, the betting shop. Because night rays are gone. I saw me leave from the lions there. Go work because they had a lions. <laughs> and what was it like working then, you know, as a black man working in those times? What was that like? You talk about this man saying, Morris, every evening, go buy me some cigarettes. Yeah. What other experience did you have? Like, Not much. Punch. I just say all with him because I don't feel him should have said because I buy a cigarette. He must pass the store, you know. As a matter of fact, he must cross the street where the shop there. But it's like a habit. Right. So I'm not going to stop him. So there's so much. But I had some good times. had some good times. And I give some. I give guys some jobs, good jobs. Like what? In company, I was right there and a guy do something to me. We was working together and he do something to me and I get fired. And I went for a company, last company, and he get fired from where he was working. And he come to play where I was working from local job. And they called me in the office. And I gave him good recommendation. 
<laughs> was he a black guy? A black guy. I gave him good recommendation. Even though he, he didn't do something nice for you. And it's funny, it come to mind. You see, it's a, it's a company as, um, it, it, it make all, all, you see, you buy these allspice, uh -huh. and you see the printing on them. The labeling. Yeah. Labeling. You know, that, those printing is paint. It have to pass through the oven, you bake into the glass. Okay. Well, you have somebody up at the hand, top hand there, loading them on, on the conveyor. Mm -hmm. The conveyor is moving. Why is moving so slow? It's coming through a furnace. That means it's baking the paint. Because those guys don't just spraying them. Right, right. So it's baking into the glasses. And you have to turn at this end and I pick them out and you have to inspect to see if any of the letter is broken. If any of the letter is broken, you have to throw them out. Well, I was there <laughs> at that end, and I got that end, and he was the boss. And a couple get through by me. <laughs> and he sanctioned for them fire me. <laughs> <laughs> You, you follow what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And when he come to this company down on March Lake, and they call, and when I look at I said, he's a very good worker, sir. Yeah, because you didn't have to do that. But I remind him. Good. I remind him that I wasn't there long after because I did have my plan in coming to Canada. <laughs> so that's what it's all about. But I... I that was good. Well, you've had an exciting adventure, Mr. <laughs> Morris. You've been many places. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Met many people, good people. Bad people. Bad people. people. Every people. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to wrap this up. I'm going to stop taping now. I love you, Daddy. <laughs>